Welcome along once again to the Moments That Matter. It was one of our longest rounds of the season. Might also be a round that's posed a few more questions than answers. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm Jack Heverin. As always, I don't stand a chance when I'm next to the immaculately <laughs> dressed Derek Rucker. Thank D. Rucky looking a million dollars, as are the Perth Wildcats. They are looking a million bucks. 13 of their last 15 now. That's incredible. And a historic run in NBL history. I cannot believe the change in this club. And look, we've discussed them a lot early in the season when times were really tough. We pointed to the fact that John really needed to play Jesse Wagstaff more, Hiram Harris more, and that Bryce, Ca Bryce Cotton needed to rally and perform at the level that his talent mandates. All those things have happened. Mm. And now they've come away with two huge victories over Brisbane and then traveling across the country and ripping the soul out of the Sydney Kings today at Kudos Bank Arena. So that's seven now in a row where they've scored 100 points or more. But it's not just about offense with this Perth team, Ruck. Take a look at this clip that we're seeing right now. This is the back end of the game. Sean Bruce completely ran out of options, was closed down largely by Christian Doolittle. That clip alone that we're seeing, I'm not sure we would have seen that in the early part of the season. And we spoke about Christian Doolittle's impact on this Perth team several times over the course of the season, but he's a very good defensive player. He provides them with a maturity. He obviously has a lot of talent, but he's willing to sacrifice for the team and do whatever is required to win. And look, Perth have improved their offensive rebound, which was one of the pillars of their success for decades in winning championships. They are the best team in the competition for looking after the basketball. And obviously, as mentioned previously, Bryce Cotton is on one of the greatest tears in NBL history. Again, another devastating performance against the Sydney Kings today. 5,000 points. Congratulations to Bryce. Mm. I guess the, the big question here, Ruck, we've spent... It feels like the entire season saying that it's Melbourne and then it's pretty much everyone else after that. We'll get to United shortly, but... I, I mean, the ladder now tells the true story. The Perth Wildcats are right there, aren't they? And... It's symbolic of so much. I think the latter says that Melbourne United just has a little bit more depth than Perth. They're a little bit ahead of them. Uh, Dean Vickerman's maybe a little bit ahead of John really in the Coach of the Year award. But how's it going to play out when we come to the playoffs? And Perth are coming hard at that top mm. spot. Now, we know Mel Melbourne United have the big game in Brisbane, which we're going to talk about. But if Perth get to the top, I think they're the championship title leader. OK, so let me throw this at you now. Yeah. If the championship series started on Thursday of this week and it was Melbourne versus Perth, 1v2, so home court advantage to the Wildcats, who you got? I spoke to Olga Ulrich this week about this very same matter. Who would do best in a five-game series? Olgan had Melbourne United winning in four. I said Melbourne United blow out Perth in five. I'm not so sure I feel the same way. This guy, Bryce Cotton, is too hard to deal with, and I'm not sure that anyone can contain him. I'm going to touch on him later more in depth, but it's tight. It's really, really tight, and Perth are now only a game and a half out of first place. So we've got a really interesting run home, and it's, again, there's that huge middle class, mm. but now we've got 
the kings of the competition battling for power. They are really good, the Wildcats, and they were fantastic today. The Adelaide 36ers, I've been in Adelaide for a few days with some other commitments. There, there's a buzz around town at the moment with what the 36ers are doing. Had a lot of fans that wanted to chat about it. That's now four of their last five. Like, they're right in the hunt all of a sudden. Well, I think Scott Ninnis has just simplified everything. I think guys know what's expected of them. I think they know what their roles are. He's made it a lot easier. The team's performing better. Trey Kell, let's give him some love. Yeah. He's been on a really, really good run of late also. Another 20-plus point game yesterday in knocking off Illawarra, which is probably Adelaide's best victory of the season. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, they think they've got a little bit of mojo and can make the play-in situation. And at this point... I'm only ruling out Southeast Melbourne, although Southeast Melbourne probably feel like we've got a wounded Sydney coming in. We might be able to get our 10th victory and mm. stay in the hunt. You don't think so? But I'm not discounting anything at the moment. Let's talk Isaac Humphreys. Mm. Last seven games, averaging 22-7. and seven. His contribution has just been phenomenal. It's a strange one as far as the All-NBL first team goes because it's now positionless, so it, it could be five guards, but... The common view is that when the coaches and the players get together, they'll make sure that there's a big in there. Is that big, Isaac? It could be. And, you know, he's making a real strong claim for it. But the thing that I think, the position I think he may have locked down or the award I think he may get is most improved player. Now, we talked about it in the Bullets game just in against the Cairns Taipans with Tyrell Harrison being a good candidate. Mm. But I think if you look at the improvement in Isaac Humphreys, geez, you only have to go back two and a half months ago to look at the improvement. I think he's a really strong candidate, candidate for that award and, at worst, second-team All-NBL. So, I mean, for Adelaide, the playing conversation is now a very real one. But going forward, regardless of whoever coaches them, there's rumours around Brian Gorge and other names, but... Mm. Do you lock away, if you were in charge of the 36ers, do you lock away Vasiljevic and do you lock away Humphreys and go from there? So let's talk about DJ Vasiljevic. I really like how he is maturing through the course of the season. He came back trying to hit home runs early, and I get it. He was trying to kind of establish his territory within the team, get people to understand how, was, how he was going to approach the season. But since the coaching change has occurred... He's become a lot more efficient. Yeah. He's not as rushed. He's not as crazy with his shot selection. And it seems like he's more inclusive in bringing people together, similar to a guy he's often compared to, Nathan Sobey in Brisbane. They both seem to be making the increase in their basketball IQ and savvy, which is benefiting their teams. Go back to Friday night. The Jack Jumpers beat Melbourne United. Was that their most important win of the season? They had to have it. And I just thought it was one of those cases where one team had so much to lose, Jack, that it almost couldn't afford to do so mm. and was going to come out and make sure... It happened at all costs. And Melbourne, Melbourne United, it just didn't mean that much. They know where they're sitting. And I think Dean Vickerman this week in the lead up to Brisbane, knowing the stretch home, I think now he'll really turn the screws. And look, they've got some people out. They're not playing with their full roster. But I still think he's going to expect championship level standard no matter who is uh, available this week in the next round. So Shay Ely to come back, Joe Lawala Chul, personal reasons we're not sure as yet and we'll respect his situation. A any concerns there at all with Melbourne United or you're okay? Somewhat. I just think if they sustain any type of injuries, I've said this before, I just think it makes them vulnerable 
and it's obvious that the Perth Wildcats feel confident playing against them. Mm. So that would be my only concern. It could be that they never face each other in the playoffs, although it's trending like that's going to be the case. Um, but in terms of Melbourne United, if they, can t if they can pick up their defense to the standard that Dean Vickerman would like, I'm sure he was disappointed with how that went down in Tasmania. But... You know, there are some signs that they're teetering, but then you can't really not have confidence in the infrastructure and the championship medal of Chris Golding, Shea Illy, and Dean Vickerman. There's a belief there and a respect that must be given. What about the Jack Jumpers to take away from Friday and go forward? Where are they at right now? They're, I mean, from a ladder perspective, they're third, but what is the eye test telling you? Well, I think they would gain uh, a lot of confidence from knowing that their coach is going to be there now. I think getting the signature of Scott Roth for a couple of more years is important in maintaining your cohesion. And, and players take comfort in that, especially if the coach is a, sex, a su successful one like Scott Roth is. <laughs> so I think, um, I think that will bring a lot of strength to that program. Now... Performance-wise, it was good to see Jordan Crawford start to find himself a little mm. bit more. Milton Doyle hasn't been great this season, but he's been good enough lately. But the key is Will Magne. When Will Magne is out there, that team is championship-like, although I'm not sure they're as good as Perth. And, you know, so I've got Melbourne United 1A, Perth 1B, and then I've got Tasmania. What about the two teams from Queensland? What do we make of this round for Cairns and for Brisbane? Cairns win a thriller and were pretty disappointing today against Brisbane. Brisbane was smacked on Friday night in Perth and it was a much better performance today. What have we learnt from this round about both of them? Well, let's look at Cairns. They are exactly who we have learned they are over the past two years. Under Adam Ford, they play a high-energy brand of basketball. But that basketball comes with a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Yep. And today they really sunk in a game and in a moment where they had a chance to get into the top four. After all the preparation and the injuries they've been through the course of the year, that was a really disappointing performance and one that's going to take a lot of resolve for those guys to bounce back from. Now, the Brisbane Bullets... The complete opposite. And I think, you know, just a little bit maturity amongst your playing group in the bullets compared to the Taipans, I think that's kind of the difference. And that team was able to come back from an absolute thrashing out in Perth. They were never in that game from the jump. And it was quite humiliating. But somewhere from Perth to Cairns, they got it together as a group, and they're able to come back and deliver a very professional performance in knocking off the tight pants. That's a massive opportunity for Brisbane on Friday night. It'll be a full house Ooh. at Nissan Arena. You and I are both going to be there. Very excited for that one. That's going to be a huge game. So the tight pants are around the playing mark, and that loss hurt them. It's probably a good segue into the Sydney Kings, who went down today in a really spirited mm. performance against the Perth Wildcats. And I saw some tweets post-game saying that, you know, Sydney can take a lot out of it and they, they come away with uh, no less friends than what they had prior, etc. But it is another loss at a time where you don't want to be having losses. So what are you seeing with the Kings? So after the win against New Zealand, I was thinking, OK, maybe they flipped that switch because New Zealand were playing well enough, so th that win carried weight. It mm. had to be... It had to be respected. And today, they weren't great. But again, Jack, 
at home. Perth had played a couple nights before, flew all the way over. I just expected a better defensive performance, a better control of tempo, and yep. a better command over the overall tenor of the basketball game. And again, I saw some poor defensive decisions. I don't know how Bryce Cotton is getting open looks. You, it's a no-help situation when you're guarding Bryce Cotton. And they just continue to have lapses. They have Southeast Melbourne, I believe, in the heartland um, to kick off the round this, this week. And that's a danger game. Southeast Melbourne are playing bad, but they can beat somebody. And the more losses you mount, the closer you are to your next victory. Get through that, and then they've got Melbourne at home on Sunday. And that, that's and the that's, game of the that's season. That's enormous, yeah. And, and that's it. That, that will close off the Australia Day weekend round. And, you know, so if they go down and knock off Southeast Melbourne, which you think they should, okay, and then the Melbourne United game is probably going to be the determining game as to whether or not they're in the four or they're in the play-in. Couple of quick hits before we get the thumbs up, thumbs down. New Zealand Breakers showed absolutely no mercy against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on Saturday. When you've got a wounded opponent coming in, sometimes I guess it can be easy to take the foot off the pedal. They, they pressed from the opening play of the game. Parker Jackson Cartwright was all up and in from the opening play, and it, it just really set the tone that they were there to win, and they were there to win big, didn't it? Well, they're another team that, you know, they still are in the hunt with a chance to make some noise and get into the play-in situation. They have the talent. We know that. But now their margin for error is tiny, Jack. They can't make any mistakes. They almost have to run out the rest of their games. I think they can maybe afford one more loss, but it's all there for them. They're, they're well enough coached, and like I said, they have the talent. It's just a matter of do they deliver on the night. And the Hawks, 0-2 in the round. Any concerns? Yeah, I have some concerns. They, they dropped a game. Again, I thought they didn't play with the savvy and intelligence down the stretch against the Taipans in a game that they had and a game where they could have put the Taipans away. And they paid the price ultimately. Now, you know, they go from being knocking on the door of the four mm. to way down, I think, in eighth place. And now they're in a similar situation in New Zealand. Margin for error is small. They got to win out. Every moment matters. We keep telling you that. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's start with the down this week. Where are you headed? I'm the, with the down, I'm going to go with the Cairns Taipans. You know, they very well could have dropped that game down Nilawar. They got out of there with a huge lap may and shot to win that game. But the home loss, the home loss is hurt, and the magnitude of the game only compounds the misery. So the Taipans take my uh, thumbs down this week. Phoenix get mine. I'm respectful of the situation, so it's, it's a thumbs down with... An understanding, I guess you could say, but it's a thumbs down because it's just hard to watch. It, it, Look, it is really challenging to watch them right now with the situation and where they're at. We keep seeing this year after year. That's the problem. You're probably giving them the thumbs down this week based on past history, which is fair. We keep seeing bad luck, injuries, just things compound themselves. And the thing that I was disappointed with them the other day is they didn't fight. Yeah. They didn't fight. It's all right to lose. But every time their back's against the wall, they relent and just get blown out. There's, and, I, and, and it's just got to change. And I don't know how Tommy Greer gets that done going forward. But this, this season pretty much looks like a sad rap. Four guys failing out was uh, mm. hard to watch as well. To the thumbs up, let's finish with the good. Who's getting your thumbs up this week? Bryce Cotton. He's going to win the MVP. And I'm going to go out and say it right here. This MVP award that he is going to win is going to be one of the most valuable in NBL history. 
and it's going to be one of the top MVP awards worldwide. Mm. I've been doing some analysis of leagues around the world, and there are very few potential MVPs in the top six, seven, or eight leagues globally that have clearly separated themselves from the rest of the players in the league like Bryce Cotton has done this season. You look at the NBA. We don't know who the, who the MVP is going to be, but whoever that MVP is hasn't made a separation like Bryce Cotton. And don't DM me talking about <laughs> you're trying to say Bryce Cotton is better than Joel Embiid. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying when Bryce Cotton wins this award, it is going to be one of the most significant in NBL history, not only from a domestic perspective, but from a global one as well. I love that. Uh, my thumbs up. I'm going to stay with the Wildcats. I'm going to give okay. a thumbs up to Ty Webster, who is playing some serious basketball right now. Last four games has averaged 16 points, five or six. And check this out combined. Ty Webster is plus 48 in his last four games. It's no coincidence, I think, Ruck, that the Wildcats are now playing their very best basketball and they've got their point guard playing his best basketball. And as a little adjunct to that, Corey came in the other night, his brother, and gave good minutes. I think he was, you know, he knocked down a few jumpers in that game, but they were critical moments in the game. So I give credit, and I've been critical of those two guys when they play on the same, te same team, but they're figuring it out. Yep. And Ty's been fantastic, and Corey has handled everything that's happened to him this season very maturely, and he's going to have a say at some point as we get through the rest of this season and into the playoffs. We've got a doubleheader coming your way to start the next round of action Thursday night. And the two of us, along with Andrew Gaze, will be at Nissan Arena on Friday night for Brisbane and Melbourne. Enjoy the week. It's another short turnaround. And thanks for joining us on The Moments That Mattered.